It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie on this Monday, March 1st, 2020. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight, and we have lots to get to. Coming up at 6.15, we'll talk Sioux Indians hockey with their general manager, Mike Zeke Canisto. Coming up at 6.30, we'll get an update on what's going on in Northern Ontario with co-host David McKay Jr. 6.45, we'll talk to Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will get us up to date on everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports world. And the 7 o'clock hour, the round table, myself, Butch, and we're hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell, host of The Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan. It's a snowy start to March. Be careful if you're driving out there. We're still currently under a winter storm warning. However, it looks like things have settled down, but there's still some wind and roads are icy. So please exercise caution if you're out and about tonight. Let's start with high school basketball over the weekend in boys basketball, the Rudyard Bulldogs. They're ranked sixth in the state of Michigan in Division Four. They had no trouble with their rival Pickford on Friday night as they improved to 7-0 on the season with a convincing 65-19 win at the Harris Call Gymnasium and Eastern Upper Peninsula Conference play. Rudyard also played on Saturday and dropped their first game of the season, falling to Ross Common at 69 to 55. Now there were some games that were canceled tonight, so some of these may not be going on. Rudyard, they were scheduled to be at Newberry tonight. While Pickford now one and five on the season, they're going to host Cedarville on Tuesday night. You can hear that game on the EUP Game of the Week on Country 105 with yours truly filling in for Matt Pocket tomorrow night, starting with the pregame show around 7 p.m. In other boys basketball from Friday night, the Suhai Blue Devils, they earned their second win of the season as they knocked off Newberry on the road 63-51 to in a Straits Area Conference action. Suhai, they were scheduled to be at St. Ignace tonight as part of part of a varsity doubleheader, but those games have been canceled. Newberry, they are scheduled, or they were scheduled, to be home to Rudyard. Again, not sure if that game's going on or not. Cedarville, they're 3-1 and one in boys basketball as they traveled to Ingadine on Friday night and topped the Eagles by the score of 51 to 47. As I mentioned earlier, Cedarville, they'll be at Pickford on Tuesday while Ingadine now 2 and 3 on the season, they will travel to Rudyard on Tuesday. Brimley even their record to 3 and 3 in boys basketball on Friday night as they knocked off Detour 58 to 52. Brimley will be at Newberry on Tuesday while Detour now 2 and 4 on the season, they will host Onaway on Friday. One girls basketball game on Friday night Cedarville they defeated Ingadine by the score of 53 to 21. 
Cedarville four and one on the season. They were scheduled to take on Pickford tonight and Ingadine at three and four is at Munising tonight. Again, not sure if those games are going on or not. The Sioux High varsity girls basketball team won their last game on Thursday, a big one against Escanabas. They knocked off the Eskimos 60 to 51 and the Blue Devils St. Ignis big matchup in girls basketball tonight that has been canceled. In other girls basketball from Thursday, Rudyard, they moved into first place in the Eastern Upper Peninsula Conference as they defeated Pickford 64 to 58. Rudyard, they are scheduled to host Newberry tonight, while Pickford hosts Cedarville tonight. Brimley, they earned their first win of the year as they knocked off Detour on Thursday night by the score of 54 to 14. And Brimley is scheduled or were scheduled to be at Detour tonight. High school hockey from over the weekend, the Suhai Blue Devils, they were blanked at TC Central on Saturday by the score of five to nothing. Suhai, two and three on the season. They will be at Alpena tomorrow night. Home to Petoskey on Friday and home to Alpena Saturday afternoon. You can hear all those games on our sister station, 1230 WSOO. We'll be getting a feed for tomorrow night's game from Alpena. You can also hear the Friday night game at home with Dave Watson and Saturday afternoon with yours truly. Again, all those games on our sister station, 1230 WSOO. Laker hockey, they got a win and a loss last week. The Lakers had their five-game winning streak snapped on Tuesday at Michigan Tech, but bounced back on Friday for a 4-2 win at Ferris State. Benito Posa had a pair of goals to lead the Lakers, while Merrick's Mittens made 23 saves for the win. The Lakers now 13-5-3 overall. They're in third place in the WCHA with three games to play. The Lakers will be at Bemidji State tomorrow and Wednesday. Tomorrow start time at 7 o'clock, Wednesday at 5 o'clock, and home to Ferris in their final regular season game on Saturday afternoon at 3. You can hear all those games over on our sister station. Today's hits, 99.5 Yes FM. The Lakers currently seven points behind Bowling Green for second place in the WCHA. They do have three games in hand on the Falcons. They are tied with Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan with 20 points and sixth place Bemidji State just four points behind them. So the Lakers could finish as high as second or if they struggle could finish as low as sixth. And so the Lakers with a sweep of the week, they will finish in second place and host a WCHA quarterfinal series next weekend. Or if they struggle, they could be on the road. We'll let you know. Laker men's basketball, they will be at home tomorrow night for an opening round playoff game against Northwood. The Lakers were swept at Ashland this past weekend, losing on Friday by the score of 78-60 to and falling on Saturday 84-73. to The Lakers will finish the 2021 season ninth in the GLIAC. However, they will be the eighth seed in this week's tournament because two teams opted out because of COVID-19. Northern Michigan and Davenport. So the Lakers will take on Northwood tomorrow at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium. Matt Pocket will be filling in for David John right here on ESPN 1400. He'll have the pregame show at 615. If the Lakers win, they will travel to Hammond, Indiana for the GLIAC quarterfinals and likely take on number one Wayne State. They could take on number two Grand Valley if Saginaw Valley upsets uh, their first round match against Parkside. And so the quarterfinal matchups, Wayne State 
We'll wait the winners of the games going on tomorrow, along with Grand Valley, Michigan Tech, the three seed. They'll take on Purdue Northwest and Ferris, the four seed. They'll take on Ashland. Again, all those games Thursday down in Hammond. The Laker women will be in the playoffs starting on Tuesday as they finish their season going one and 17. They lost to Ashland over the weekend at the Bud Cooper gymnasium on Friday by the score of 78 to 66 and on Saturday by the score of 79 to 65. The Laker women will travel to Detroit to take on Wayne state in the opening round of the GLIAC tournament. This is the five 12 matchup. Other games on Tuesday, number six, Ashland will host Number seven, Purdue Northwest and Northern Michigan will host Davenport Parkside, the eighth seed. They'll take on Ferris State. The teams receiving buys to the quarterfinals include number one, Michigan Tech, number two, Grand Valley, number three, Northwood, and number four, Saginaw Valley. Laker Volleyball, they dropped two matches over the weekend at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium, falling 3-0 to Ferris State on Friday and Saturday. The Lakers now 0-4 on the season. They will be home to Davenport this Friday at 3 and Saturday at noon at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium. LSSU's David Mitter, he set a new school record in the 5,000 meter over the weekend with a distance of 14 minutes, 24.97 seconds at the 2021 Indoor Track and Field Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Championships on Saturday at the University Center. Mitter bested his own record by 10 seconds and placed third. And with this placement, Mitter has qualified for the NCAA Division II Indoor Track and Field Championships, which will be held March 11th and 13th in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll talk about the Sioux Indians AAA Midget Squad coming up with their general manager, Mike Canisto. They were at home this weekend taking on Meyer. The Sioux Eagles, they were in action on Tuesday at home in an exhibition match against a group of Sioux All-Stars. The Eagles won the game by the score of 4 to nothing, and they are currently trying to schedule more exhibition games as they are still unable to play in the NLJHL due to the border closure. Speaking of the NLJHL, we'll talk more with David McKeg Jr. at 6.30 about that. Play did resume for four of their 12 teams last week. Uh, they did have a couple games canceled due to COVID-19. The league resumed play on Tuesday with Espinola, Espinola knocking off French River in a shootout by the score of a 6-5. to five. Their weekend series was postponed due to COVID-19. Sioux Thunderbirds, they won three games over the weekend against Blind River, winning on Wednesday 5-2. They also won in a shootout on Friday 6-5 and winning on Sunday afternoon 7-2. The T-Birds will take on the Beavers three more times this week. No word on the Espinola French River Series or what will happen as far as the other three teams scheduled to participate. Those include Cochran, Timmins, and Rayside Balfour, and there will be no league champion this year. And finally, the Ontario Hockey League is still continuing to wait and see as far as their uh, starting play. They're working with health officials in the province of Ontario. As Commissioner David Branch has said over the weekend, talks are ongoing, and their goal is to return play this year. So that is your local sports update, but we still have a lot of local sports to talk about. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk Sioux Indians, midget AAA hockey with their general manager, Mike Canisto. All coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
Fremont Insurance has proudly served Michigan since 1876. For more than 140 years, Fremont Insurance has helped protect what Michigan residents care about most. Since 1999, Don Wilson Insurance and Fremont have been partners, rooted in the promise to provide the best possible service and value to customers, be it your home, auto, or business. Don Wilson Insurance and Fremont Insurance, there to protect what matters most. Don Wilson Insurance, 110 Dawson, in the Sioux, call 635-5600. If you're looking to improve your ride or add a vehicle this winter, see the great pre-owned inventory at Sioux Motors today. There are more than 70 units to choose from. Cars, trucks, SUVs, and crossovers. There are escapes, explorers, fusions, focuses, and many more, including trucks. See the friendly sales staff at Sioux Motors today. Use your stimulus check or your tax refund to put yourself in a better vehicle this winter. Check out the selection of pre-owned, reconditioned vehicles at Sioux Motors on Three Mile across from Walmart in the Michigan Sioux. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mac Trail. Hi, this is Scott from Parker Ace Hardware. At Ace, we make painting a simple pleasure. Ask one of our friendly, knowledgeable Ace associates about our Ace Royal Paint, a high-quality paint at a price you'll love. You'll find Ace Royal Paint starting at an everyday low price of just $19.99 a gallon. It's another reason why, from a simple start to a fabulous finish, Parker Ace can help make your next painting project perfect. Parker Ace, the helpful place. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware. We're looking forward to serving you real soon. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware at 819 Ashman, downtown Sioux, Michigan. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 614 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you. We're joined in studio by Sioux Indians general manager Mike Zeke Canisto joining us once again in studio on the game. Zeke, always good to have you on our show and welcome back to the game. Well, thanks for having me back. Well, uh, the Sioux Indians have been very busy since we last talked in early January. Let's uh, look at this past weekend's games, Mike. Uh, the Indians played a very good Meyer team at the Taffy Abel Arena, a pair of losses for the Indians. Uh, just give us an idea on how those games went this weekend. Uh, it wasn't the outcome we were looking for, but uh, Meyer's a very strong team that's three, four lines deep. They're a veteran team. It's mostly returning players from last year. And actually on Saturday's game, the shots were pretty even. We had them at 3-2 at one point. No, they had us at 3-2 at one point. We were on a, we were coming back strong, and uh, they had a couple chances, and it's in the net. But uh, not taking anything away from Meyer. They're a very good team. I think they're first place in our league right now with uh, points, and that's, uh, you know, hats off to them. They're from Lansing. They're kind of an outsider just like us with the Detroit teams. But uh, Brian Sherry, a former Sioux Indian, runs that team. Yep. He's uh, the coach, 
And he, he does a great job. He's got a lot of good guys that he returned, and and he's like us. He's got players from all over the country on his team, and, and they're big, strong, and they keep coming. You know, we're like a line and a half deep that can really compete in our league. You know, not putting anything down on our guys. We got a lot of younger guys where other people are all veteran players, uh, but we're still competing. Sunday's game, uh, shots were even. You know, I thought we could did a better, a little better in our net on Sunday, but uh, the shots were they're pretty even. They all shot us by five at the end of the game, but our guys uh, they competed. They went to the you know the final whistle. Just being able to compete, Mike, this year obviously is a challenge, and the Indians have done it probably as good, if not better, than anybody. Being able to play a majority of your games, uh, you've gotten a lot of league games in. You've had to travel to different parts of the world or country to get games in. Just from a general manager's perspective, yeah, you want to have more wins, but just being able to compete, practice, and and play uh, certainly hats off to you and and your staff. Just just being able to get these games in right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's been trying times, obviously, with COVID, but we're very fortunate that we got to start back up, and we did. And before we started back up in Michigan, we were traveling uh, Illinois, um, Ohio. We played in Cleveland, Chicago, and we were going like every two weeks, you know, because our budget doesn't uh, allow us to take off and go like the Detroit teams. It's not 55 miles to go out of state. Right. Um, it's a bus trip. But uh, everything went well, and we're pretty happy with it. Uh, we did take a long trip to Dallas, like I was saying on a Saturday on the show, but uh, we did 4,000 miles in 10 days and seven games. <laughs> and great uh, weather down there, oh, too. Oh, it was great They weather. welcomed just, you. Just like what we have outside right now here. <laughs> That's what Dallas, Texas was, and it's 75 there now. So it was just, we drugged the weather down, and everybody, they, they kind of gave us crap about it, but... Uh, it was, uh, it was a good trip, though. The boys played well. Yeah, and, you know, just with those trips, you know, the team bonding, being able to go on these long bus rides, uh, certainly anybody playing for the Sioux Indians this season is getting their money's worth as far as different locations, and, and that brings about people being able to see them. And, and with, with technology now, it's a lot easier for these players maybe that want to go to the next level to have, you know, scouts and other coaches see them play. But I think there's still something to be said about in person, having somebody at the rink potentially seeing that. Has that been something beneficial to your squad this year, being able to travel to these places that normally you might not be able to go yeah, to? Yeah, we were fortunate to go to Dallas and, you know, uh, Jaron Laz were really bugging me. Come on, let's go, let's go, you know, and I got to kind of watch the pennies part of it, but uh, I'm glad we went. It was a, a great event. We played in three different rinks that were all ran by the Dallas Stars. Uh, we played at their AHL rink, which is their practice rink for the Dallas right. Stars, and it, it was actually a really good event, and there was a lot of people there, and uh, the scouts, it wasn't like usual, sure, but it was on Live Barn or Hockey TV, mm -hmm. And uh, we had calls from people, you know, wanting to uh, had questions about some of our players. So it was good. And like you said, the bonding part was awesome. And hopefully it's going to help us down the stretch here. But unfortunately, there's in our league this year, because a lot of junior hockey has been canceled, everybody's loaded pretty heavy. And there's not an easy game. And that's a good thing, though. You know, these guys want to play tier one hockey. That's what they're here for. And there's not an easy game. You can't take a day off, a shift off, a practice off. And uh, Coach Ferroni's been doing very well, preparing the guys mentally and physically to play. He's been down this road before with junior teams, and John has uh, he's very professional on and off the ice with the guys. 
and he's preparing them for the next level if they can make it that far, and it's it's going well. Mike Kinesto joining us on the game, general manager of the Sioux Indians. You know, talking about the coaching staff and just all the experience that you have with Coach Ferroni yourself, Big Daddy. I mean, you have a cast of thousands. How, how important is that from a general manager's perspective to have just this vast base of hockey knowledge? I mean, you have guys that have coached, that have played, that have been there. Has that been beneficial to your squad this season? Yeah, it really has. Uh, and the, it, the hardest thing was was John's very good in practices. He runs great practices. And when you got to do two weeks of practice and then a couple games, what we went through them streaks from November to pretty much beginning of February, it, it was trying times, and he, and he changed things up. He made it different for the boys uh, uh, mentally and physically to prepare them and to keep them you know, prepared for the games when they did start. But as far as our staff, you know, everybody's been around the game forever and played at different levels. And there's a guy that we that's not been uh, talked about much is Chucky Fabry's been helping yeah. too. Yep. Chucky's been out there for practices. Uh, I think he's going to be able to travel to the state tournament with us. We're hoping. But he was on the bench this weekend. And uh, he's, you know, Chucky played at Michigan Tech and – he brings a lot, and John likes having him on the ice with him. Let's talk about the schedule, Mike. Uh, you know, a few weeks you'll be in the state tournament, uh, the Maha tournament. Uh, do you have any other games scheduled before then? Yeah, this weekend we're back on the bus as usual, but we're going to Detroit. Uh, we owe Little Caesars a home game, so we play Friday against uh, Little Caesars. Uh, on Sunday, March 7th, we're going to play at the Polar, just uh, kind of a fun scrimmage game with uh, some alumni guys just to have a little scrimmage instead of having the whole weekend off. Uh, March 13th, 14th, we're home with Victory Honda. Um, we might have to play a game the 19th, a play-in game, but it depends how we do this Friday. Sure. Hopefully we don't have to. Uh, March 20th, 21st, the Green Bay Bobcats are coming to town. They are coached by uh, Nick Glander. He's a former Sioux Indians on our North American Hockey League team. When he was coached by Joe Sean, he has a, he has a real good team in Green Bay. And he's excited to come over, and then we're going to return a trip probably in April to him. Um, March 24th, we're away at Taylor to the state finals. They start on a Wednesday, so back on the bus again we go and down to Detroit area to take on everybody and see how things go out. We talked a lot about the coaches. We'll talk about the players in a moment, Mike. But, you know, some of the unsung heroes, in my opinion, for any junior or midget hockey team are the billet parents, especially in a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, this has got to be challenging for them. How has that gone so far for you? I mean, that's that's tough to do in normal times, let alone during a pandemic to, you know, have a hockey player basically be in your home from September till April. How's that gone for you this it year? It's been very trying. Uh, Jerry and... Uh, his girlfriend, Patty, they, they do a tremendous job finding houses. Actually, uh, all of us, it, it went from a Jerry and uh, Patty job to all of us. Right. We had, uh, everybody was looking for houses all year, and hopefully this is over with next year. And uh, like like you said, the housing parents that are doing it this year, we have three or four hats off to them, and they stacked up the kids because people just wouldn't do it. And uh, you, it's just trying times. You can't say, well, why don't you this year? Because we understand. Absolutely. Mike Knesso joining us on the game general manager of the Midget AAA Sioux Indians. And Mike, just tell us some about some of the key players this season. Uh, I don't know as far as commitments, if you have those in. Uh, just just give us an idea of the roster and some of your key players this year. Yeah, we really don't have any commitments uh, for junior teams yet. We have people calling about them because the lack of scouts going to the buildings and the lack of playing, the junior teams playing. But a uh, um, couple guys that really stand out this year that have come a long way is uh, Colin Goff from Wasilla, Alaska. He's a 2003 birth year, 
and hopefully he'll be back next year. Somebody doesn't scoop him up, but he's he's really came along. I think he's uh, one of our leading scorers. Uh, Drew Mayaki from Jackson, Michigan, he's doing really well. Uh, Jack Matias from Nagani, Michigan, he's I mean these three guys they're in line now. John put them together and they're getting the job done. They can they can actually compete and play with anybody we've played against, and uh, they're doing a great job. And after that, we got another uh, Will Boyer from Rochester Hills, Michigan, is doing a good job. Michael Slag from Romeo, Michigan. And these guys were two high school players from the Detroit area, and they're coming around with their Tier 1 game a- as we speak. So uh, it's good to see. The local guys, uh, Keldon Casey came on with the team late. He's been a great surprise, and he's co- he's played with Coach Froney before in high school right. as a freshman. So Keldon's doing a great job. He penalty kills. He does everything John wants, and the kid's just got a huge heart. Uh, Kyle Stevens is probably going to be a three-year guy with us. He's young, and th- this is one of the things that our team does that other teams don't. They're they're loaded with uh, 17-, 18-year-old guys, and we have three 15-year-olds with Kyle Stevens, uh, Bryce Granbois from Commerce, Michigan, and Aiden Hoppola from the Sioux here. And these these guys are young, but they're competing their their butts off, and they're they're getting it. They're really doing well, and we're happy with them. Another Sioux Michigan kid, uh, Dylan Zabo, that played over across the river last year, yep. uh, full of heart. He's always digging, always nose around the net. He's uh, plugged in a few goals. He's doing a great job. Uh, Robbie Landis, big defenseman, six three, two hundred pounds from here. Robbie's doing a great job. He's probably going to be with the Eagles next year. That's what he's looking forward to, and he's did two years with us. So, And if he comes back, he, he could come back if he wanted to, but if he's ready to go, it's time for him to go. He's did two years at Tier 1 level. And um, our starting goalie, Logan Raphael from the Sioux, he's, uh, he's definitely our top guy. He's doing a great job and uh, backstop of the team. Final question for you, Mike. Uh, just looking ahead to the Maha tournament, uh, expectations for your team? Or are they getting all geared up uh, for the state tournament? Because, you know, that's that's your big show. I mean, that's that's where you want to be at your best. What are your thoughts as far as the Indians going into the tournament? It's going to be tough. At where I'm, there's there's no you don't sugar, sugarcoat. There's things. no sugarcoat. No, there's, it's, not. there's not going to be easy game, and the boys all know that uh, there will be scouts around there for sure, and they're going to have to play hard. And they're not, you know, you got to remember the team part. Just don't play for yourself. You got to play for the team because that's what the guys are looking for. But is and how far we're going to go? We don't know. And anybody can beat anybody any given day. We know that. And we just did that two weeks ago down in Detroit. We uh, we beat the number nine team in the country, Bell Tire. Yeah. They beat us in the morning, 3 nothing. The shots were even. They outshot us in the afternoon. Raphael closed the door. And we were up 3-1 on them. And they got a stinker on us. But uh, we ended up beating them 3-2. to two, And that was a huge boost for our team. And you never know what's going to happen down there. And we're going to go ready to play. We're just not going to roll over and say you're taking it from us. There's no way. So we'll be ready for him. Mike Canisto joining us on the game, general manager of the Sioux Indians, as the Indians gear up for their Maha tournament along with other games. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts before we let you go? Good to see you. I like like doing this better than the uh, phone. And it was nice this weekend. We had some people show up to rink. And it was awesome. Everybody did the right things. We, you know, I hate talking about COVID because it's a pain in the arse, but uh, <laughs> everybody wore their masks in. They social distanced in the rink. And I don't know the, the number that was in there, but it was, we had a pretty nice crowd. And that's nice to see. And the boys really like playing at home in front of some people. And uh, actually, the, the games coming up, the Victory Honda and Green Bay Bobcat games, uh, they're going to be at the Puller. Very nice. Because hopefully the Lakers have home ice. Right. And so they we had to book elsewhere just in case. And I hope we had the book elsewhere 
for the best for the Lakers that they are home ice because they're really doing well now. But uh, yeah, our, our guys are, are just glad to be home for a little bit. And uh, we appreciate everything the community does for our team and support. Well, Mike, always good to have you on and talk Sioux Indians hockey. We'll certainly get you on again as the season uh, winds down. Appreciate you joining us and best of luck uh, this month and in the Maha tournament. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk to David McKeg Jr. about what's going on in Northern Ontario. That's coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Life just got easier at Sioux Co-op Credit Union. Introducing Digital Wallet. Now you can store your SCCU Visa credit card in your phone's digital wallet and conveniently pay with just a tap of your phone. It's simplified shopping, so you can make purchases quickly and easily on the go. Digital Wallet is more secure than traditional payment methods because it uses a unique encrypted technology. The merchant never has access to your credit card information. Visit us online at www.suecoop.com for more information. SCCU is NCUA insured. Before the game tonight, do you think Coach Damon told his players, all I ask is that you give 25% tonight? Of course not. Everybody knows that 100% is what you have to give. So while every bar and restaurant in Michigan is at only 25% capacity due to COVID restrictions, Sioux Brewing Company puts 100% effort into every beer we brew every day. Come on by before the next Laker game and enjoy a Laker gold. Sioux Brewing Company, it's the only way to be. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owner's insurance. And a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owner's insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us. And all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Is your furnace old? You could be dealing with a low-efficiency furnace costing you hundreds of dollars a year. The experts at Albert Heating and Cooling can help you with a new high-efficiency Bryant furnace. On sale now till the end of February. With your new furnace, you can buy an extended 10-year labor warranty for only $99. Start saving today with a new furnace and sleep soundly knowing you have no worries. Go online at albertheating.com or stop in at 3147 South M129, just south of Three Mile Road today. Bryant, whatever it takes. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Coming up at 645, we'll talk to Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. who will get us up to date on everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports scene. Joining us now, co-host of this show and host of his own show, the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario. You can find all versions of that show on the website, thegamesportshow.com. David McKegg Jr. joining us on the game. Kegger, how are you doing on this first Monday night of March. Can you believe it? We're already in March, my friend. First off, I cannot believe that, Scotty. Time is absolutely flying by, but I must say that I was actually supposed to be in the Cayman Islands at this time, of course. But of course, you know, that got canceled because COVID decided to step in. But nonetheless, we've rescheduled it from our end. So either way, I'm sitting here with you, my friend, talking some sports with you as we always do together. And I'm happy to be joining you, my friend. I miss seeing you in person, though. That's, we can't, I can't wait to get to that point soon. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that, Dave, indeed. And we're certainly looking forward to potentially the Ontario Hockey League uh, starting up 
play. Uh, you know, we didn't get to talk about it last weekend due to some breaking news with the NOJ, Joe, which we'll get to in a minute. But the OHL right now still a wait-and-see attitude. Commissioner David Branch over the weekend uh, in media reports in London was talking about the ongoing discussions that they're having with the uh, health ministers in Ontario. We have seen some of the other junior hockey leagues uh, start up in the West and Quebec major junior hockey leagues. So, so Dave, where are you at right now as far as the OHL? I know on top shelf that we recorded this past week, uh, you seem uh, optimistic that the season could go, even if it doesn't start for maybe another month, that it could go well into at least the early part of summer. What do things look like for the Ontario Hockey League as we start March? See, honestly, and I know you and I did touch on a, a bonus upload that we had with Top Shelf, and actually, myself and the fellows had another Top Shelf upload this week, so a couple upload, uploads for everyone to enjoy uh, on the game uh, sports show platforms, but we we touched on the... with. On the show that we just had uh, this past weekend with the second uh, upload of Top Shelf, a petition that was going actually around with Andrew Perra, good friend, right? A uh, good friend of the show is his father, Nathan Perra, where we had one of our special edition uploads actually that you can also check out as a, a wicked episode. But nonetheless, that's how the, it seems like how the ball got really rolling on the urgency of the players now are really stepping in, and it went to all areas of the province. And the the return to play has obviously been a priority for the OHL commissioner into the brass of the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, but you know, obviously the government has different plans currently right now. They, they weren't as quick as the WHL and on the Western side of getting everything quickly back to play. There's still obviously some uh, stuff being like kind of lined out here in Ontario. And in terms of the return to play, I hope that they have something decided uh, within the next week or two at the latest so they can kind of salvage this year. But what I really wanted to touch on with that petition with Andrew Parrott was actually amazing. Uh, his yeah. right, very heartfelt and how, you know what, the hockey is a big part of his life and it's not the only part of somebody's life but you know what it's a it's an area of the sport where they are able to look back on and have memories about or maybe they're able to go play additional hockey afterwards if it's not the national hockey like it's it's in the united states throughout if you're ontario hockey or maybe go overseas to europe right you're this is a big year for a lot of those uh, players that are in their senior year so it also leads me to the question about what they're going to do about the NHL draft and about the players if the season doesn't get underway as quickly or isn't as fair, quote-unquote, as it should be, if it's going to push the NHL draft another year and it's going to cause players to have to stay back on an additional overage year if they're going to bend that rule just once, or uh, if they're going to have to make arrangements for these players to miss their, miss their draft year, make up an additional year, maybe play elsewhere uh, that to finish off the year, just get that exposure. Like Obviously, there's a lot of players who are playing the, the, the USA route or went overseas Right. Or if they've already been drafted, went to the National Hockey League. So but there are still players that are still waiting to play. that don't have that opportunity. And Andrew Perrot's petition, something that everyone should check out. I signed it. Not going to lie, uh, using the representation of myself with that. And, you know, definitely got to give it a check out the Ontario Hockey League. We hopefully can have some word within the next couple of weeks because it seems like talks have certainly heated up, Scotty. Yeah, I think that was a big step, uh, possibly, for the resumption of play, Dave. Uh, Andrew Parrott with that 
you know, letter to uh, Premier Doug Ford and the health minister, because we saw on this side of the border with the high school sports, it, it took a, a lot of petitions and actually uh, a rally in Lansing that, you know, really kind of turned the tide, so to speak. Now, I don't think you're, you're going to see rallies in Ottawa anytime soon, but, you know, that that I think was was a big step. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it's hard to believe Nathan Parrott has a, a son that's playing in the OHL. It doesn't seem like that long ago he was playing <laughs> junior hockey, which kind of blows me away. But I, I think that's a big step. And certainly David Branch and the commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League, you know, this is a guy – that's been doing this for a long time, and certainly he's he's a no nonsense kind of kind of guy. He, he you know he's not going to sugarcoat things. So I think you know the, with the momentum, I'm a little more optimistic, even from where we were talking about this a few days ago, Dave. That the Ontario Hockey League, if if the numbers you know match up and the health ministers uh, allow, and I, I think we're going to see Ontario Hockey League hockey coming up maybe in a month or so. I, I would say so, and it, it's, I've said it on this show with you numerous times, Scott, actually on our recent upload here as well, is that I, 24 games doesn't seem like enough because of how it, it could align with the National Hockey League draft, but as long as the dates keep extending, then yeah, it would align, but getting 24 games in, big is important, getting games in in general, and if they have a Memorial Cup, how are they going to make that all work, or if it's just going to be an OHL Cup, QMJHL Cup, whenever they get started as well, which is a whole other conversation, but you you overall are in an area that you're, you can be so unique about this year. And I hope that the Ontario Hockey League, and I believe that they are, that they have week-by-week week plans where if it starts this day, this is what's happening next week, this week, this week. Oh, if it starts next week, this is what's happening the following week, the following week. I hope that things are planned, properly ready to go from when the state of approval comes in, that we're all set to go, that the schedule is boom, release day of, teams are notified, players are coming in, and we're ready to get started right away. It definitely seems like the players are prepared. It seems like their bags and sticks are at their front doors, side doors, sheds, garage doors, back of their vehicles even, all ready to go, and especially ready to play hockey. So hopefully that when this does start, it's not too long of a transition before we see the puck drop. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game on this Monday night. Dave, let's move on to the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Uh, The news broke last week during our show, the resumption in play to a certain uh, capacity. Many teams not participating, including the Sioux Eagles and I believe four other teams, the Sioux Thunderbirds and Blind River Beavers. Uh, They are currently playing a six-game set, the Thunderbirds winning the first three games, including on Sunday afternoon, the Thunderbirds over Blind River 7-2. Espinola and French River, they were set to play a four-game set. They played the first game. However, they had some COVID-19 issues, not exactly with the team, but around the team, so they've canceled those games. We're still not sure as far as Rayside, uh, when they're going to start, as well as Cochran and, and a couple other teams. There will be no NLJHL championship, but a few of the teams are playing, uh, you know, and it's a week-to-week thing. It's really a day-to-day thing, much like other leagues uh, that we've seen. We saw the Raptors game last night canceled because of COVID-19. So really any sort of sporting league, Dave, is is running into the same thing uh, against COVID. What's your thoughts on the NOJHL's resumption to play? 
I'm happy to see the resumption, right? And obviously, if you're speaking from a local standpoint, in Sault Ste. Marie, the Thunderbirds, they've released out stuff in their social media in regards to how you can view the game. The game is also streamed, so you can check out as well. And, of course, we talk about it, so everyone get their news with us. But nonetheless, it's happy to see the community is happy here in the Sioux. And, of course, in Blind River, I can tell you from my connections in Blind River, what you know, Scotty, that I have certainly in Blind River, right. uh, that – they're happy to be back, right? And obviously it's not the full league. It's not the same. It's different. But hockey is being played, and that is the main point. Now, I'm excited to see what happens with with race side. I'm interested to see how the, if that does work out, if they're going to be jumping into a certain – like if it's going to alter things or if it's going to be the same teams playing, if they can make a little cup or tournament between those teams to kind of spice it up, if you will, uh, to continue as long as the season goes forward. Because these players need to play. They still have a couple months of, to go in terms of what their junior season would have been. And – for them to be back, it's great to see. The Thunderbirds definitely had a competitive edge, it seems like, this weekend, especially on their recent game on uh, winning 7-2. to two. That was certainly a, a bigger deficit than the first two games. But nonetheless, the Thunderbirds, they're back. They're hungry. And I know the management, including uh, with Trevor Zachary, those guys are excited to be back on the ice, just happy to be playing, Scotty. Dave, we talked earlier about the Lake Superior State University Lakers. They're going to finish their regular season this week, currently in a three-way tie for third place. Uh, You know, they've been very fortunate. Uh, They've had to pause a couple weeks due to COVID-19, but they've been able to get in the majority of their games and certainly have a good chance to finish in the top four, host a playoff series, and who knows, maybe uh, win. It's really good to see this program kind of back up where – it's they haven't been up for quite some time you know Damon Witten this is sixth season and it took a little while for this team to get going but the Lakers right now certainly playing good hockey they're among the top four in the league and certainly good things I think ahead for this program definitely you know and this is again a, a community that we've said this on the show numerous times it's this hoping to get back to the days of when uh, Doug Waits and I believe I forget other players on that roster at that time oh, yeah. uh, yeah, but that was a time that was really an ecstatic time to be involved as a Lake Superior State University Lakers uh, men's hockey team. But uh, it's there's definitely was a program last year that had expectations because of the year before having a, a pretty good season. Last year was more of a disappointing season, so this year was a, a, a turn for a rebound, and they've been able to do that. And hopefully this, could, this program continues to ascend uh, because the community is really hoping that that does occur. But also it's just an overall great program that LSSU has incorporated there with the Lakers and they're an exciting team to watch. So if you have the opportunity to watch them, if it's either through in person at somehow, some way, or if it's streamlining from any kind of platform that are able to be streamed on with NCAA hockey, you got to make sure that you tune in to enjoy it because they certainly will make fans proud if you are an LSSU Lakers fan. If you're not a fan of the Lakers and you're a fan of the other team, then you're going to be left disappointed this year because this team has been doing quite well. Dave, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, what is going on with the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario? I know you've been very busy with your crew of posting and recording shows. Give our listeners an update on what's going on there. Oh, we certainly had a busy Sunday, uh, if you will, February the 28th, two uploads within the pocket season finale and another uh, top shelf edition uh, that we uploaded as well. Myself and Scott had one on Wednesday. Uh, with these uploads, that's why we've delayed our uh, special edition upload this week, uh, until this week, I should say. And it will be uh, Mike Zigamanis will be the guest this week, uh, obviously a known sports broadcaster and former NHL hockey player, Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, will be uh, joining myself and Alex Parr on that special edition. 
edition upload. So that will be later on this week. So you got to keep an eye on that content. Other than that, we do plan to have another top shelf edition upload. But Scotty, I guess it's time that we can kind of tease a little release that, uh, in terms of all these other shows that we are doing, uh, with of course in the pocket being a season finale where usually it's a year round show, uh, that you, myself and yours truly and other members of the Game Sports Show family and maybe some new members, teaser, uh, will be joining us for basketball uploads. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be local discussion on that front, and of course, national is going to follow essentially the same agenda as in the pocket and top shelf does, touching both local and national side as we always do, just in general on the show, even through ESPN 1400. So, Scott, I thought I would let listeners know that we do plan to start that after this week. So, it'll be next week we plan uh, to do our first upload with that. So, I thought that'd be one thing to tease with listeners. But in terms of uploads this week, we just plan for sure to have one special edition upload and maybe one more top shelf edition, dependent on what the group feels uh, this week in terms of content providing. Uh, but nonetheless, Scotty, always busy on this end. Uh, I got to give a shout out uh, to check out my social media page. I had a pretty nice article in there from a young professionals group here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, really promoting the business. And if you haven't followed our show yet on Facebook and Instagram, make sure uh, that you do so. There's a lot of big things coming for the game sports show in general and the game entertainment and media. Absolutely. You can find all those shows at thegamesportshow.com, among other various podcasting platforms. David McKegg Jr. joining us on the game. Kegger, appreciate you being on this first Monday night of March, and we will talk to you next week, my friend, and certainly looking forward to when we can do this in person and everything gets back to somewhat normal, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, because I certainly miss you. I miss being inside the studio, and as as well as uh, just being on the show longer. We only get time to do one edition, so once we start going in person, I could be on there longer, so people can enjoy both our voices. More so yours, though, my friend, than mine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like yours as well. Dave, because God, I am a beauty. That's why. <laughs> yes, you are a beauty, sir. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Scott. Have a good one. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis, all coming up on the Twin Cities only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Picture this. It's Monday afternoon, and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee $7.99, plus tax, of course. Now, picture this. It's Friday, and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee more than you paid Monday. You feel bamboozled. But then you hear this. Domino's extended its $7.99 large three-topping carryout deal to all day, every day. And so you danced and ate Domino's. Carryout only must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary. You know the saying, the greatest compliment is a referral? Well, Central Savings Bank wants to show you how much it means to them by giving their loyal customers a $25 referral reward. CSB customers refer someone you know today. You may be eligible for a $25 referral reward if someone you send to Central Savings Bank opens a deposit account with direct deposit, gets approved for a consumer or commercial loan, or signs up and uses one of CSB's services. With nine locations to serve you, ask what the CSB family can do for you. Restrictions and limits apply. See representative for more details. Set your course for a brighter future with the help of Central Savings Bank. CSP's experts can help you with a savings plan and retirement investing. With IRAs and CDs, they will assist you in making the best choice for you. Start a retirement account as part of your long-term financial plan. Get started by visiting one of CSP's nine locations today. Watch your savings grow. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you.
Quality patient care has been the foundation of Arvstrom Medical Equipment and Supplies since the 1970s. Being locally owned and operated ensures that they strive toward the best for our community. We invest in the growth of our communities by providing superior health care service and employment opportunities for current and future generations. Hi, this is Andrew Miller, manager of Arvstrom Medical Equipment and Supplies. Helping our customers remain independent is our goal. Arvstrom provides durable medical equipment, medical supplies, orthopedic bracing, and prosthetic breast forms to patients in Chippewa, Mackinac, and Moose Counties. Arvstrom provides care from the initial order to delivery and set up in the patient's home. Our trained and certified staff has many years of experience and is ready to meet your individual needs. Give us a call or stop in to see how we can help you. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook to stay up to date on current deals, new products, and events. Arstrom Medical Equipment and Supplies is part of Arstrom Pharmacy, a locally owned HealthMart Pharmacy, located on the corner of Ashman and Spruce, downtown Sioux, Michigan. Come down to Arstrom Pharmacy and Arstrom Medical Equipment and Supplies for your prescription medication and medical equipment needs. HealthMart, caring for you and a about you. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Want to thank our guests so far tonight Mike Zeke Canisto, general manager of the Sioux Indians, and David McKay Jr., co host of this show and host of the game sports show in Sioux St. Marie, Ontario. We'll be with you up until eight o'clock tonight. We'll have our round table in the second hour. Uh, one of our co hosts, EJ Russell, can't make it, but we're going to have a special guest on the round table around 7 15 from ESPN Blacksburg. No, it's not Paul Van Wagner, but one of his other crewmates and looking forward to that. Also looking forward to talking to our next guest, co-host and all-around good guy, Butch Davis. You can find Butch on his show, Butch on Sports, brand new edition uploaded last night, which you can find on his podcast page, Simply Butch 2. That's too.podomatic.com. You can also find all of the editions of Butch on Sports on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports world on this first day of March. Butch, it's snowing like crazy here. It's windy. How are things in your area weather-wise? Windy, cold, and the snow is all gone here, man. Oh, man. Well, we... Don't <laughs> well, we'll we'll try to send some down your way if you want it that bad, but some, some tells me you don't. Butch, uh, let, let's start with some college basketball here tonight. Uh, both Michigan and Michigan State in action over the weekend. Uh, let's start with Michigan. I mean, this team had a another very stellar week. We we talked a lot about them last week, uh, winning on Saturday against Indiana, also winning some big games at home this week. Now the number two ranked team in all the land with Baylor losing. Uh, this Michigan team, Butch, doesn't seem to be getting weaker. They seem to be getting stronger. Uh, Coach Dwight. Ron Howard certainly has got a pretty good squad right now. Well, one more win, and they're in, you know, as far as the Big Ten is concerned there. Uh, and, you know, definitely they're going to the March Madness there. They're one, two, or three. Right now they moved up one notch there, so they're right number two in the nation, right next to Gonzaga, who has not lost a beat in this whole season there. Uh, Michigan State, on the other hand, mm. there. Uh, Went on a speed bump here this past uh, weekend here, and uh, they lost the game that basically, uh, you could say, heads or tails on it. Uh, 
Maryland's not that bad there. But again, with Michigan beating slave drivers like uh, Ohio State and some very good teams out there, it was very surprising that they didn't give them a better battle. Yeah, Michigan's going to be a number one seed barring an epic collapse in the final week of the regular season and the Big Ten tournament, which Michigan State still really controls their own destiny. They have to play Indiana at home this week, and then they have two games against Michigan before the Big Ten tournament. Uh, for me, Butch, I think State has to at least go two and one in those. They got to find a way to knock off Michigan and and do some damage to the Big Ten tournament. But Coach Tom Izzo at least can say he probably holds his, his team's destiny in his old hands. They can win themselves into the tournament if they play well. Well, I think right now their their best bet is right now they got to win the tournament. Right. If they do that, they're going to the tournament anyway. So without you know without saying there, they'll get a low seed. And they'll just have to uh, bump and grind it, as I say there, as they go through the the motions of going through all those teams in the Big Ten in order to win that there. Uh, one and two may sound legit there, but it's not going to get them any goodies there. They're going to have to do a very good job in the Big Ten tournament in order to to see any. Uh, any type of NCAA uh, uh, dealings with that. Other than that, they probably will go to the NIT and uh, have to play in that. Butch, a league that you follow closely, the Horizon League, they're going to have their quarterfinals tomorrow night. Uh, University of Detroit will take on Northern Kentucky, and Oakland will take on Youngstown State, uh, the top seed in that uh, co- conference is Cleveland State. Uh, what are you looking out of the horizon? Certainly, Detroit and Oakland can make some noise. They've been playing well the last few weeks. Yeah, both of them have there, and they might have to clash in the semis, but that's okay. Uh, if, if you're in it to win it, uh, that's going to be a very good task for University of Detroit Mercy and also Oakland there, who has done fairly well. They're two uh, very big you know, contenders there. If they do well in the tournament, and hopefully they do, then the winner, if, if it's Oakland or it's just, say, uh, University of Detroit Mercy, they'll get in the tournament for the NCAA. Uh, the loser, or if they lose in that, in that quarter, I don't know. It, it, it's pretty stickling to the ribs there, but Oakland will have a good chance of getting in the NIT. But UD Mercy, it will be a scratch and sniff kind of situation if they lose another game there. So this is another uh, deal where UD Mercy got a clean house in order to go anywhere in the NCAA. Can they do it? They're the hottest team around in the in in the league right now. Okay, and also in. You know, in the country. So why not? You know, they play good defense and they shoot the ball like they've been doing at a very high percentage. When you're shooting 54% from the three point line, you're saying something. That's what they have been averaging the last six games there. They've also been averaging over 50% from, uh, you know, from out, out distance as well. So with those combination there right now, uh, any team that goes will go against them, and right now they got a good team in Northern Kentucky uh, for, for for bragging rights there for UOD Mercy. They got to do a doggone good job. They got to beat them, and they got to keep keep alive there. Butch, let's move on to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, since we last talked, the Pistons go one and three this week, winning at Orlando last Tuesday, losing at New Orleans, home against Sacramento, and then last night the return 
of uh, Mr. Rose and his New York Knicks. The Pistons drop a game to the Knicks, 109 to 90. Right now, the Pistons nine and 25, last in the East. Uh, we think they might play the Toronto Raptors tomorrow, but the Raptors have some COVID issues. Uh, what are you seeing out of this Detroit Pistons team right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the, in, the, in the top. And, and here's the thing with me when I'm watching the Pistons there. When one team is shooting 11 for 15 at three points, okay, at the three point line, okay, like New York yesterday, they shot 15 three pointers. Yeah. They made nine of them, okay, versus the Detroit Pistons. They made 10 out of 34 three point attempts. That is not good basketball in anybody's book. And anybody who condone that, I I, I got a problem with that there. Uh, when the Pistons do any damage, they got to play number one good defense. I don't agree with the three-point philosophy of the coach. I think the, the Pistons, with the talent that they have, they can do much better things. It's better to get two points than don't get three points, okay? And they haven't been getting those three-pointers there. And you look at those averages on what I just gave you there, they're, they're, they've been losing very closely. When we're talking about eight or nine points, where that's a huge difference, okay, if you just made three three more of those three-pointers there, and they didn't do it. So they're missing opportunities left and right. And right now you got a coach saying, well, they're learning, they're scratching their butt, you know, they're doing everything they can, but, uh, you know, they're not satisfying the general public at large there. And, and you know, expectations for this team, Butch, obviously, with with the moves, uh, you know, no Rose. We're going to see no Blake Griffin here until uh, they figure out what he's going to do. You, you look at head coach uh, Mr. Casey there. We saw the Atlanta Hawks fire their coach uh, today. We've already seen Minnesota. Is it just a matter of time? I think I asked you the same question last week as far as the Detroit Pistons, or do, do you think there's enough, uh, you know, motivation to keep the coach right now? Well, the way it looks is that, you know, the general manager is going to do or die when it comes down to this coach. I've been now to a dozen of donuts that if that, the Pistons do very poorly as they have been doing right now, we will not see this coach next year. Maybe he may be going a little sooner. You know, you never know. Uh, it's right now, there, you know, what he calls progressing, I I call degressing there and, and basic you know, just basic things. Playing good defense, everyone being at a line, using your bench uh politely there and putting up a set lineup so people know what they need to do when they need to do it there. Knowing everyone has a job to do and do it well. And that's not been happening with the Detroit Pistons. Somewhere down the line, when you give up, when you first start the game, giving up 17 points, that's no formula for winning. That's formula for jumping off the Ambassador Bridge or something. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hope there's lots of ice. Okay? <laughs> Anybody's expertise in there. And you, you kind of wonder how far is this coach going to go until he kind of blows his top and say, you know what? Do the things that got you in the professional league of basketball. Besides, settle for a three-pointer that you know you cannot make. And, and then three throws. That's that's pathetic, okay? You know, they should be proficient at 
shooting at the line, and they're not, okay? Those are two things right there I'm 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 touching on. The defense is the you know, is is the coup de gras. And when you come out there and saying sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't and, and don't perform out there on, on the court you you telling the general public I don't care, okay? And somewhere down the line when the public come back into the to the system of coming back in the Joe Louis Arena, which they're probably gonna be letting happen pretty sooner sooner than later. You know, you want people to be happy, you know, and, and say that they really did their best. And I don't see that with the Detroit Pistons right now when it comes down to consistency. Butch, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break. When you and I come back, we still have more Detroit sports to talk about, the Detroit Red Wings, Tigers, Lions, and more. All coming up on Hour 2 of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. While our dining room is closed, the Wicked Sister is still open for delivery and carryout. You can still order any of our crave-worthy burgers and construction dip, but now you can also order any of our beer, wine, and signature cocktails to go. Call 906-259-1086 or visit our website, wickedsistersue.com to order. The Wicked's phone number again, 906-259-1086. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Buffalo Wild Wings wants to help you get through the work week. And Tuesdays and Thursdays might just be the worst days. That's why they've created Wing Tuesdays and Boneless Thursdays with a buy one, get one free offer. Let's crush this week together with Wing Tuesdays and Boneless Thursdays at the Sault Ste. Marie Buffalo Wild Wings. 
Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We continue to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock. Coming up at 7.15, Butch and I will start our roundtable with a special guest, Andrew Alex from ESPN Blacksburg in Virginia. Butch, we have a lot of sports to cover before then, including the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, a decent week for the Wings going 2-2. Two and two. They lost to Nashville, then beat them on Thursday Five to two, beat the Blackhawks on Saturday, five to three, and then well, they got shellacked in the third period last night, losing by the score of a seven to two. The Wings will be in action Tuesday night at Columbus. Uh, Butch, uh, you know we're seeing some good things, but not a lot of consistency out of this Detroit Red Wings squad. What are your thoughts on some of the things that you're seeing? Well, you said it all. We can go to the next subject here. <laughs> last night after a night's rest and all there uh they didn't look good at all they they looked very sluggish uh the first goal that they put in there you seem like they you know going to be close to the matter then all of a sudden the defense just fell apart and i felt very sorry for uh for the goaltender there that he didn't get the support he needed from the defense there but that's what happens when you you come out there subpar. Defense was not in the game, and that was the downfall for the Detroit Red Wings last night against Chicago Blackhawks. Detroit Tigers, Butch, started their spring training uh, yesterday, defeating Philadelphia 10-2 to in seven innings, and then today... Uh, against the New York Yankees, falling by the score of a five to four. You know, spring training wins and losses aren't as important as you know getting players out there and seeing what this team has. Uh, really, haven't been able to watch the Tigers. They haven't had any televised uh, games. What are some of the things that you're looking at as far as the Tigers' first full week of spring training? Well, I monitored the game this afternoon via little radio and no television there. Uh, I kind of monitored it on, on the Internet, at any by any, and I happened to monitor it when they loaded up the bases and uh, making all these pitching changes and letting new kids in there. And uh, they goof up and let a grand slam home run uh, ruin, the, <laughs> ruin the life out of the whole game there. Uh, Tigers look like uh, there's some people very desperate there. Nico Goodwin, uh, two hits in the game there. Uh, was firing away, and, and, and Wilson Ramos, uh, he was doing a great job of doing that. He got some power and something to give the Tigers this year there. But other than that, you had very little contribution from anybody on offense there. And, again, when you let the young kids in there to find out who you're going to keep and who you're not going to keep, because that's going to be the biggest crop of the roster is the pitching uh, you know, you, you're going to have those particular games. They let that grand slam go through. It was winning three to one. And all of a sudden, you're out of the ball game there. Did they score one more run? But again, not enough here to, to, to feed the, the savage beasts there. This time, the Yankees have put in their second and third stringers and fourth stringers against the Tigers, and they only was able to get one run out the deal there. Uh, they don't count. But you can see who who wants their job bad enough. It looked like Anita Goodwin and also 
Ramos, if they stay with the Tigers now, yeah, we've seen funny things happen. Uh, they look pretty doggone uh, clever there in giving uh, Detroit some needed offense in the middle of the lineup. Uh, Cabrera did not play today. And Butch, uh, Tigers manager A.J. Hinch, you know, he's going to face questions, especially when you play a New York team and their media, as far as what happened with him and the Houston Astros. Everybody knows the the scandal. And A.J. Hinch, you know, to his credit, I think, has been pretty upfront with it, saying this happened. We made mistakes. This shouldn't affect the team that I that I'm on right now that I'm managing. Is that a good strategy for Hinch or can he really do anything else? I mean, there, he doesn't have a whole lot of options. He has to face the music as far as those questions, but he doesn't want that to affect his managerial uh, techniques with the Detroit Tigers. Well, here's the deal with that here, okay? A good media individual is not going to ask some questions because all his penance has been served, right. okay? He's done with it. There's no sense of going rehashing what happened way back when and who's going to get dibbies on you when you come back and all this other stuff, trying to get some stuff started. It, that doesn't make any sense. You know, ask some good questions concerning the team right now that he got, uh, the, the players that he has to pick and choose in order to make a legitimate lineup. So, again, he can be the, the kind of coach that he is. To pick on him about things that happened uh, in 1918 or 2000 and whatever it may be, that's just just dope questions there. And New York has plenty of dope media people out there <laughs> going to look for sensationalism rather than look at the point at hand the Yankees won today. But that seemed to be the biggest question of all of them is asking this man about his past. And, and I feel bad for him because I think enough is enough. Let this man go ahead on and coach a team. I, hopefully he's learned his lesson and learned it very well. And uh, he can move on. Butch, uh, the Detroit Lions, not a lot of news this past week. Obviously, they're gearing up towards free agency, uh, potential cap cuts, who they draft in April. Uh, What have you found uh, with the Detroit Lions this past week? I haven't found anything. Myself personally there is, they're basically right now is who's going to put the tag, who they're going to put the tags on. Yeah. Uh, Ten to one to a dozen donuts if they got any brain. They're going to put the tag on a, a wide receiver that right now, this is his last year of the contract. You can make it right for him and tag him and make sure that maybe this team care for him enough where they're going to give him a significant raise and you know who that person is. Uh, they're talking, and hopefully if, if you're going to trade the guy, you get something really valuable for him there, okay? I'm letting the, uh, our audience guess who I'm talking about. I know you know who I'm talking about very much so. Now. Yes. But, uh, you know, they're going to make very handy decisions. They're not far away. Again, the problem with the Lions all last year was their coaching and their scouting. That was pitiful, okay? They now have the majority of the team surrounded with players from the NFL who is not really, you know, way back when, but they're kind of futuristic type of um, players who hasn't been retired long enough but has been coaching long enough to say what they need to do in order to win. And they've had very got very successful coaches on there who have won rings. And you got to instill that in your players 
so they can give you a hundred percent instead of giving you fifty and, and get nothing after the out the deal. Butch, let's end our segment uh, kind of going where we started on the show with high school sports. Uh, we have seen COVID-19 play a part in, in some cancellations last week. Uh, the weather has canceled quite a few games tonight. Uh, in your area, how how is the high school winter sports season going? Because we're only a few weeks away from districts and playoff times. How How's it been as far as return to play in the Metro Detroit area? Well, right now that has went up. It's went up 6%. Yeah. And it's not good. Uh, with that saying, schools are opening up more now. That means high schools are opening up a lot more, as well as the middle school and uh, their chance of hybrid, which means, that in in sense, with our audience there, that they did so much time on the internet at home and so much time, maybe at a maximum, maybe two days, giving only one day for cleaning the place out you know, wholesale there in order for you to have classes there. And at that best, those classes are going to be split. So everybody's not going to see everybody the way they think they are. But, again, the danger is there if they don't do everything the right way. And that means the practice, the safety uh, measures in the school, making sure kids are wearing their masks, wearing it properly, uh, uh, dealing with social distancing the way they should. I have not seen that uh, really uh, taken its, its grasp yet. I'm in the school where basically they have, you can only go one way, and where kids can kind of maybe split some one another up, you know, in order to uh, do that there. Uh, there's some kids right now, you know, you're going to have to speak to and kind of remind them that well, this thing is not over and let's practice social distancing. So that's going to be a huge key when it comes down to all these kids coming back to school and some of these closures that I've been seeing there, which everything has not elevated yet. But, again, uh, we're finding maybe one or two schools uh, maybe a week. Well, we lost Butch there momentarily, but we were just about to take a break, so we will do so when we come back. We'll reestablish contact with Butch Davis and start our roundtable with special guests from ESPN Blacksburg, Andrew Alex, joining us for the first time on our roundtable. You are listening to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You're listening to The Game on ESPN 1400. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinner's at Pigford to find the right model for your operation. When you shop locally, you're helping the local economy. It's the same when you're a member of the credit union. We reinvest your money right here in town, so your investment becomes your neighbor's loan. You could say that around here, we know the neighborhood. Sioux Co-op Credit Union, your credit union, federally insured by NCUA. Visit us online at SiouxCoop.com. <laughs> 
Everybody knows that H&R Block is the premier tax preparation group in the nation. But did you know that H&R Block offers year-round bookkeeping and business services that will help your small business cut costs, make profits, and streamline the business end of operations? From payroll and bookkeeping to expert tax prep and advice, see the friendly folks at H&R Block on I-75 Business Spur in the Michigan Sioux. Call 635-5970. Put H&R Block to work on your small business. You'll be glad you did. H&R Block wishes the Hockey Lakers success. Is it time to install new windows, doors, or paneling? Perhaps you're finally going to build that new deck or addition you've been talking about, or repair the roof. Stop at Sue Builder Supply. You'll find helpful advice and quality materials that will make every job easier. Whether you're ready to paint, insulate, install new windows, or kitchen cabinets, the team at Sue Builder Supply will make the task less daunting by coaching you with great how-to tips. When there's a building or remodeling project in store, make your first stop Sue Builder Supply. You'll receive the best building materials and hardware and great project advice every time. Sue Builder Supply, helping you make your building and remodeling projects a reality. On Johnston by the Bridge in Sioux, Michigan. For Dealey's Hyundai, proving why they are the ones to trust for your next vehicle. Bringing home three Best of the EUP awards. Winning the Best Service Department, Best Used Cars, and Best Salesperson with Sally Van Leuven. If you are thinking of getting a new or used vehicle, stop up and see the trusted staff of Fernelius Hyundai today at 2988 Ashman Street, where all social distancing and safety precautions are being observed. Or shop from the safety of your home by going to their website. And in four easy steps, you can purchase your next vehicle from Fernelius Hyundai. Just go to Fernelius Hyundai.com. That's Fernelishyundai.com. Fernelius Hyundai, earning the trust of the EUP one sale at a time. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 716 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We continue to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports as we move into the round table with our special guest. You can hear him on the drive, ESPN Blacksburg, weekdays from 4 to 6. Joining us for the first time on the game and on the round table, Andrew Alex joining us. Andrew, appreciate you coming on the show in short notice and welcome to the game. Scott, it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show today. We do this every week with you coming on the drive. It's a real honor to be on the airwaves up in the suit. Well, appreciate that, Andrew. And certainly it's a lot warmer down there than where Butch and I are at right now. But we're going to warm it up even more on the roundtable. This is the portion of the show where we delve into topics more of a national variety, sometimes even international variety, as we banter about uh, things going on in sports. So, Andrew, I'm going to give you honors for the first topic tonight. Butch, I'll give you first crack at Andrew's topic. So, Andrew, Alex. ESPN Blacksburg, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, I think the big news today in the world of sports came out of the NFL, and it was somewhat of a surprise. J.J. Watt signed a two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. This came as a surprise, right? What are the teams that have been floated out there? He was going to go play with his brother in Pittsburgh. He was going to go back up home to Wisconsin to play for the Green Bay Packers. The Cleveland Browns even got some attention there instead. 
He goes down to Arizona to join the defensive front that includes Chandler Jones and a team that has a young quarterback in Kyler Murray and one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt left Houston to get a chance to win a championship. Do you guys believe he made the right decision by heading to Arizona. Butch, we'll go to you first. Certainly an interesting choi- choice for Mr. Watt, but I think any team would welcome his abilities. You're damn right he's being here, <laughs> and I'm happy for the guy here. What, uh, you know, what a move to screw everybody around there for number one there. He went to a fairly young team that is up and coming there, and a few pieces away from maybe going to the playoffs uh, this upcoming season. And they have right now solved one of those particulars there and getting some leadership on defense. And he can do nothing. If he doesn't get hurt, can do nothing but help uh, Arizona get to that particular point where they haven't gotten the last two years there. They have come close. They have shown uh, tremendous strides for a young quarterback. Uh, they got with Murray there. Uh, showing that, yes, he has the stuff to, to, to give uh, NFL opponents uh, a run for their money. Their defense is pretty doggone good as well, but it hasn't stood up to the times that basically when they come in these close games, uh, they can hold someone and give their uh, quarterback a chance when he doesn't have that particular good game in order to win a game. So, to me, that was the best move he can make there. He's going to be a great influence on that team, and what a talent if he can mix and make with uh, some of his teammates on defense. Yeah, I agree, Butch, and certainly, Andrew, you mentioned the teams that you know were rumored for Mr. Watt to go to, and any NFL team would like to have a free agent pass rusher like J.J. Watt going to their squad. And you look at the NFC West, already arguably probably the best uh, division in all of football. It's gotten a lot better just today. And you look at this Arizona team, you know, a couple years ago, the defense was basically dead last. And last year, as Butch mentioned, uh, maybe not their strongest suit, but this certainly improves their chances going to a team with certainly offensive weapons, as we saw last year, Kyler Murray having a good season, uh, you know, getting a steal of a deal with Hopkins, uh, you know, a couple years ago, this Arizona team is one to watch in a very good NFC West. I mean, you look at every team in that division, maybe San Francisco might be the weakest of the four, and we still haven't seen what that team might do in the offseason, but certainly this this was a slam dunk home run for the Arizona Cardinals, a franchise, you know, a dozen or so years ago that was kind of compared to our beloved Detroit Lions as far as uh, postseason success. They did make a Super Bowl during that run, but certainly J.J. Watt will be maybe, if not the best, one of the best free agent acquisitions in the NFL. We're going to see more coming up over the next few weeks and months, but Andrew, I, I think think this is a slam dunk for Arizona and certainly JJ Watt. He wanted to go play there and guess what? He's going to uh, great topic. Your thoughts. I think it's a pretty good move for JJ Watt. And there's a couple reasons why number one, I think it's a good move for the Cardinals insofar as you have that progression that they're trying to make, right? Yeah. Two seasons ago, they found themselves in a position to pick Kyler Murray with the number one pick. His first season, you had a little bit of improvement. And then this year, 
after that big win, that Hale Murray pass, as they called it, against the Buffalo Bills, they were 6-3 and three at that point and poised to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, the wheels fell off a little bit there at the end, but the key tenants on this team remain, that being Murray, that being DeAndre Hopkins, a young middle linebacker that was picked in the top 10 last season in Isaiah Simmons. You have Buda Baker, a Pro Bowl safety, and of course, Chandler Jones, the big pass rusher on the edge. Now, putting in J.J. Watt, inserting him into that lineup, I think will allow him to get more free rushes than he did this past season in Houston because Chandler Jones is going to absorb a lot of those double teams based on his skill and his reputation. On the other side, for the Cardinals, I mean, you look at the division you play, it's probably – at least arguably the best division in football. You got Seattle and Russell Wilson. You now have the Rams with Matthew Stafford in there and Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers just one year removed from the Super Bowl. Now they had a down season this year, but anyone who, who, who followed their season this year will know that had a lot to do with injuries on both sides of the ball. What is the weakness on these teams for Seattle? It's the offensive line. For the Rams, it might be Matthew Stafford's lack of mobility. And the 49ers, you want to put the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Opening up that pass rush, getting two guys on the edge, combining with some of those guys that you have in that defensive backfield, gives Arizona a chance to be an elite defense in this league. And we saw from my Washington football team this season that you can ride the back of a pass rush, even with little to no offense, to a playoff appearance. Now, put... Kyler Murray, who I expect to improve, and DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the ball, they have an opportunity to pick a running back in the first three rounds, which as we've seen with guys like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson this season, can make an instant impact on that side of the ball. I think Arizona has a chance, depending on how they make their moves throughout the rest of the offseason, to be a contender, if not the favorite, in one of the best divisions in football, a big move and a big part of their progression from the worst team in the NFL to hopefully for their fans, a contender. Great topic, Andrew. Let's move over to Butch Davis for the next topic. I will take first crack at Butch's topic. Butch, we talked some NFL football. What else is on your mind tonight in the world of sports? Let's keep it right there. We, we talked about the goodies of it. We're looking at Alex Smith, who really showed a very legitimate comeback this year for a quarterback who was very demised for the last two years and fought his way back to uh, some decency there. From what we gather now, he's going to be released by the Washington Redskins. Here's a question, and it won't take too long for you to maybe answer it. Where should he go? What team should pick him up that's going to be effective for him? Yeah, that's a good question, Butch. Uh, certainly, Alex Smith uh, was one of the better stories this year in the NFL. Uh, you know, after his injury, just being able to get out there. I remember watching a couple games. He had his family there and his kids, and certainly, certainly was one to watch there for the, the Washington football team. Obviously, they look to be going in a different direction. And, you know, you look at the teams that need quarterbacks, and there's a lot of sexy picks out there potentially. 
potentially coming up. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, maybe the, the top two guys that are being coveted. If, uh, if Watson can get out of Houston, that's uh, certainly in question right now. Russell Wilson is frustrated with Seattle. I'm having a hard time seeing Seattle pull the trigger on him, but, but you look at Alex Smith, there's certainly several teams that could be looking for a quarterback like him. I mean, you look at New England, maybe obviously the Cam Newton experience didn't work. Uh, they do have a couple young guys there. That that's one team that comes to mind. Uh, Philadelphia might be a, a good spot for Alex Smith. Uh, you know, not having Carson Wentz now going to Indianapolis and having Jalen Hurts there is he the guy? We don't know. I mean, he certainly played uh, pretty well for Philadelphia in his limited time, but having a veteran like that as a backup, uh, th- those are the two teams that kind of stick out to me without having put too much thought to it right now. Andrew, uh, what are your thoughts as far as Alex Smith? Certainly as a Washington football club uh, fan, uh, it's a team that is near and dear to you. Where do you see Alex Smith potentially going? Well, the, in- the situation with Alex Smith is very interesting. And first and foremost, I'd like to say that his comeback story, absolutely amazing. It- it's hard to imagine that two years ago, when that injury happened, when I watched J.J. Watt take him down and he lied on the field and the information started coming out as to how bad it was, I don't think anybody expected that he would ever take the football field again. To not only play, but go 5-1 and one yeah. as a starter this year is just I mean, again, they should probably name the comeback player of, of the year award after him eventually, just because of the sheer grit that it took to get out of that hospital bed and onto the field within two years. That being said, knowing that Alex is going to be moving on from the Washington football team, I, I kind of agree with you, Scott. I think he has to go somewhere where he's going to be more of a safety valve in a sense. Now, Philadelphia is a, a, a very interesting choice there. And I, I think that because of the small sample size and some of the inconsistency we've seen from Jalen Hurts, they could benefit from having a guy behind him in a more of a teaching role and, and give Alex with a chance there. On top of that, I mean, just off the top of my head, if the Jets choose to roll with Sam Darnold, the Jets would be a great option. Even the Giants with Daniel Jones, the jury is still out on him. Uh, outside of that, there's going to be plenty of teams picking quarterbacks in the first round here. And who better to have, behind that quarterback, not only as, like I said, a safety valve in case it doesn't work out in the short run, but as as a teacher and a mentor than Alex Smith. So I'm just going to say Philadelphia, both the New York teams, and Whoever ends up picking a quarterback in the first round, Sands, maybe Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence will be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Butch, a great topic. Your thoughts? Okay. Well, you know, this guy's a good quarterback there. He's very smart. He's very intelligent. And I'm quite sure he'll use all the ability that he has to, to make his offense look good there. And I think he's a very good executor there. To me, personally, he's a good team. A team that will pick him up would probably use him as a backup. And there's many of these teams, you know, we talk about the Lions like a dog last year. <laughs> a decent backup, you know. When, uh, and you mentioned it very well, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Blacksburg. Uh, Matthew Stafford with his lack of mobility. That's been music yep. to my ears when I heard that because I've been preaching that right now for the last four or five years here. I would say he would be very effective, and it might be goofy for me to say this, but if Kansas City can pick this guy up, mm. if that's where he came from, 
he would be very effective backup for Mahomes. Which right now we don't know he's going to be a hundred percent or ninety percent or maybe eighty five percent. Another good pick, and you just mentioned it yourself, would be Jacksonville. Okay, you're getting a young uh, uh, Lawrence as quarterback. That's definitely going to be the first run pick. But if something happens to Lawrence where he just don't have it that day or may get injured, you need him a proper backup there. And what better person to have there in your backup than a, a Trevor uh, than Trevor Lawrence than uh, Alex Smith there? That's where I see right now where they can go with that. Gentlemen, great start to the roundtable. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play a game that Andrew and, well, now Butch and I are very familiar with, Mount Rushmore. We're into March, and we're going to go through our Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories, personal or just in general, all coming up in the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. When you're looking to score a great pizza, make your play with your favorite hometown team at Guido's. Well known for their pizza, someone once said, you can't live on just pizza. Something they may not agree with at Guido's. You'll also love their pasta, salads, breads, and of course, their Guido Tizers. Make a power play and order online at guidospizzasu.com. And while you're there, look for their college student special coupon and save 15% on one regularly priced menu item. Guido's Pizza, 2673 Ashman. Call 906-635-0066. Fremont Insurance has proudly served Michigan since 1876. For more than 140 years, Fremont Insurance has helped protect what Michigan residents care about most. Since 1999, Don Wilson Insurance and Fremont have been partners, rooted in the promise to provide the best possible service and value to customers, be it your home, auto, or business. Don Wilson Insurance and Fremont Insurance, there to protect what matters most. Don Wilson Insurance, 110 Dawson, in the Sioux, call 635-5600. If you're looking to improve your ride or add a vehicle this winter, see the great pre-owned inventory at Sioux Motors today. There are more than 70 units to choose from, cars, trucks, SUVs, and crossovers. There are escapes, explorers, fusions, focuses, and many more, including trucks. See the friendly sales staff at Sioux Motors today. Use your stimulus check or your tax refund to put yourself in a better vehicle this winter. Check out the selection of pre-owned reconditioned vehicles at Sioux Motors on Three Mile across from Walmart in the Michigan. Michigan Sioux. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Daffer, your honest main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mac Trail. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 
Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you. 7.33 on this snowy night in northern Michigan as we are continued to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and Andrew Alex from ESPN Blacksburg for our roundtable. Gentlemen, it's my turn to throw out a topic. Andrew, we'll go to you first, and then we'll go to Butch. We started playing this a couple weeks ago, uh, the Mount Rushmore. This is where we each pick four different uh, answers uh, for the question. And the question tonight is now we are into March and certainly last year due to COVID-19, we did not get March Madness in college basketball, but it looks like we will this year. We're not really talking about this year. We got plenty of time to talk about that coming up over the next few weeks, but we are going to look into our Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories. Now this can be, just the greatest moments in March Madness or your personal favorite March Madness moments. Uh, We'll start with Andrew and then we'll go around a a few times. So Andrew Alex, what is your first entrant into your Mount Rushmore of March Madness moments? So Scott, I I think that this might be the most iconic moment in the history of the NCAA tournament. And if you don't believe that, your dad didn't go to Duke like mine. Picture it. It's a <laughs> 1992 East Regional Final. 2.1 seconds left on the clock in overtime. Duke's down by a point, And Christian Leitner hauls in a three-quarter of the court pass, takes one dribble, turns, shoots, and he scores, sending Duke. To the final four. Christian Leitner, he turns his shooting scores in 1992. Another one pick. That was fantastic. Uh, that game was fantastic. I believe, what, 102-101, I believe, against Kentucky. And I remember personally watching that. My grandfather was in the hospital at the time when we were watching it on the TV. He got better after that game. He wasn't a Duke or Kentucky fan, but he loved the game. And that's a great entrant into your Mount Rushmore. So, Butch, uh, Andrew's first pick is the 1992 East Regional Final with Duke, Leitner hitting the shot. What is your first entrant into your Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories, Butch? Uh, let's say the Indiana State-Michigan State game yes. with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And the one for Greg Kelser, we wouldn't be talking about this well, Michigan. Absolutely. Winner, man, but... Those two were sick on the on the court there, and then, and the surrounding cast they had around them from uh, Michigan State was a killer there. Larry Bird was Larry Bird in that game. He did all he can, but he didn't have no help at all here. Uh, it was a guard in that particular. I can't get his name right off the top of my tongue there, but he seemed to do a little bit there. But the rest of the team, uh, Indiana State had no match for Michigan State when it came down to the wire. Yeah, certainly one of the more memorable. Fun- Finals. I believe it still could be the highest ranked final as far as a uh, viewership back on. I believe NBC was doing that, Butch, uh, Dick Enberg and Al McGuire, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. So that, that certainly would be on my Mount Rushmore. I was a little young for that, but I'm going to keep it with Michigan State because in my lifetime, as far as a sports fan, the 2000 Michigan State National Championship team, I have to put on my Mount Rushmore. I was in the Navy at the time, uh, stationed in Millington, Tennessee, and we had a bunch of college basketball fans in our office. And there was one guy from Michigan that, you know, was a Michigan State fan 
fan. And certainly that was a very memorable run. Mateen Cleaves, uh, Mo Pete, Morris Peterson, and, and the Flintstones back then. I mean, they didn't have a lot of close games in that one. I think the closest game was in the regional final where they took on Iowa State. And I believe that game was played at the Palace. That was the closest one. And then Michigan State knocks off Wisconsin in the semifinal. And then Billy Donovan and his Florida Gators. I've certainly hoped for more national championships. You almost thought certainly Michigan State would have one by now. They've been to many Final Fours, a couple championship games. But the 2000 Michigan State Spartans winning the national championship, I would be remiss to not put them on my Mount Rushmore. All right, Andrew, back to you for your second entrant into your Mount Rushmore of March Madness. Scott, I'm going to go with this one because of not only the historic nature of the win, but of who the player went on to become. And before he went on to be the greatest NBA player of all time, Michael Jordan won the 1982 National Championship for North Carolina on a game-winning shot with 14 seconds left against the star-studded Georgetown Hoyas. James Worthy picks up the pass right after, but the Tar Heels, who eliminated both Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon on their way go on to the championship. I'm not a fan of North Carolina, but the historic nature, I think it's got to belong on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no three-point line in that game, I believe. I think it came in a, a year or two later. But yeah, Michael Jordan, certainly the national championship shot, and, and he obviously had other fame in his uh, storied career. All right, Butch, we got the next entrant for you on your Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories. Okay, I'm going to have to get a little help on this. Uh, well, I do remember a Kentucky team and a team from Texas coming in there and beating the crap out of, Texas, out of Kentucky in that particular game. That was a game where uh, hmm, uh, he was the coach of he was coach of the L.A. Lakers. Uh, boy, help me, somebody! Uh, Texas Western, I believe, was the team. Texas Western, yep. okay. Now, who was on the... Uh, on Kentucky, he's the coach. Adolph Rupp. No, Adolph Rupp was. Uh, oh, Riley. Pat Riley. Was Wasn't it Pat Riley? Pat Riley. Yep. Right. Okay. That was a that was a ridiculous little game there, man. And, and no one expected Texas Western to come in there and do what they did, but they did it. And I'll never forget that. There, you know. It was, it was a barn burner, but it, it was something. It was a historic type of game to me there, and I and I liked it dearly. It changed the complexity of schools drafting black players on their team there, and you know where it was not minute in in Kentucky because they didn't have a one there. Uh, they started cleaning up the house there, and they were good right after that. There, they never let. A team like Western Kentucky beat them again when it came down to the Final Four. Yeah, that's a great pick, Butch. Uh, I'm going to give one more, and then we'll go to our final break of the night. Uh, this one's pretty recent, and this one, the ultimate Cinderella story. I've always been a big fan of the 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 14s knocking off threes and the 15, 15s knocking off twos. We've seen a lot of that, but we never saw a 16-seed knock off a one-seed 
until 2018, where the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, the Golden Retrievers, as a Golden Retriever owner, I certainly have a soft spot for this team. They came in as a 16 seed and not just knocked off the number one seed, but knocked off the team that many people thought was going to win the whole thing, the Virginia Cavaliers. And they didn't just knock them off and squeak by. They beat them by 20 points. Uh, That certainly was a bracket buster to end all bracket busters. Uh, they didn't win their next game, but nobody will forget that one. And Virginia certainly didn't because all they did was next year win the national championship. So I got to put on my Mount Rushmore, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Golden Retrievers, giving all 16 seeds hope in their win a few years ago. Gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the show. We come back, we will complete our Mount Rushmore, have time for Another topic, and then we'll get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Hi, this is Scott from Parker Ace Hardware. At Ace, we make painting a simple pleasure. Ask one of our friendly, knowledgeable Ace associates about our Ace Royal Paint, a high-quality paint at a price you'll love. You'll find Ace Royal Paint starting at an everyday low price of just $19.99 a gallon. It's another reason why, from a simple start to a fabulous finish, Parker Ace can help make your next painting project perfect. Parker Ace, the helpful place. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware. We're looking forward to serving you real soon. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware at 819 Ashman, downtown Sioux, Michigan. Life just got easier at Sioux Co-op Credit Union. Introducing Digital Wallet. Now you can store your SCCU Visa credit card in your phone's digital wallet and conveniently pay with just a tap of your phone. It's simplified shopping, so you can make purchases quickly and easily on the go. Digital Wallet is more secure than traditional payment methods because it uses a unique encrypted technology. The merchant never has access to your credit card information. Visit us online at www.suecoop.com for more information. SCC you as NCUA insured. Before the game tonight, do you think Coach Damon told his players, all I ask is that you give 25% tonight? Of course not. Everybody knows that 100% is what you have to give. So while every bar and restaurant in Michigan is at only 25% capacity due to COVID restrictions, Sioux Brewing Company puts 100% effort into every beer we brew every day. Come on by before the next Laker game and enjoy a Laker gold. Sioux Brewing Company, it's the only way to be. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended Auto Owners Insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at madiganpingator.com. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 743 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by Butch Davis and special guest Andrew Alex on the roundtable. Now, don't forget, you can catch the full two-hour version of the game about 830. We post it. 
And you can find it at the gamesportshow.podbean.com. You can also find a lot of different items on there, including Butch, Butch's show, Butch on Sports, my segments with Paul Van Wagner on ESPN's Blacksburg, The Drive, along with several other sports shows and broadcasts, all free of charge. As we continue our Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories, let's recap before we go to Andrew Alex for his third pick. Andrew so far has picked the 1992 East Regional Final with Duke beating Kentucky on that last second shot by Christian Leitner. He has also picked the 1982 North Carolina National Championship game with Michael Jordan hitting the winning shot. Butch has picked the 1979 NCAA Final between Indiana State and Michigan State Magic versus Bird. And the 1966 Final between Kentucky and Texas Western. My two picks so far, the 2000 Michigan State National Championship team and the 2018-16 seeded University of Maryland Baltimore County knocking off top seed Virginia. Andrew, we got some great picks so far. We'll go to you for your third pick for your Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories. Scott, I'm going to stick with the theme that I've been going with so far as big shots and big moments in big games. And I think that we can't go through that topic without acknowledging the only time a buzzer beater three has ended the NCAA basketball championship. Like you mentioned before, back in Michael Jordan's day, they didn't even have a three-point line. They did in 2016 when Chris Jenkins of Villanova drained the buzzer beater three to give Villanova their first national championship since 1985, downing a powerhouse in the North Carolina Tar Heels. Probably the coolest moment, you know, the first two moments, I wasn't even alive for this one I saw live. And as someone who's not a fan of North Carolina, it made me happy. So I'm going with that one. North Carolina goes down at the hands of Chris. Yeah, that that certainly was a great shot and uh, probably the best shot to end the game. Maybe the NC State one might be in that, uh, but we'll have to see if that makes someone's Mount Rushmore. Butch Davis, your third entrant into your Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories, sir. Uh, you gotta add in Michigan, okay? You gotta put Michigan in in 1989, I think. I do yes. believe in Seattle when uh, they had Mills and Bryce and all kind of characters there. They won their uh, their championship game there again. It was a big surprise to many people there. Uh, this was after uh, a third break cleaning up of uh, a lot of people. This was when uh, the coach quit and. Decided to go AWOL, and <laughs> uh, old man Fisher came on in through and uh, got the party started. Uh, with some help from Bo Beckler, of course, there. Yeah, that was when uh, what Bill Frieder uh, quit, and then Steve Fisher was the interim coach, and all he did was go 6-0 right. and and win the national championship. And this was before the Fab Five, and again, the Fab Five never won a national championship, but that 89 team certainly did. Great pick, Butch. I'm going to go to my next one. Uh, there's a couple. I'm, there's three I have left on the list. I'm going to pick the... 2006 George Mason team. They were an 11 seed. This is when they extended the tournament, I believe, and George Mason, Mason rather, no relation to me, by the way, had to play the uh, extra game going in. They were an 11 seed and made it all the way to the final four. Certainly uh, not many people, if anybody outside of maybe George Mason had them advancing to the final four. They were a fun team to watch, and I'm a big fan of the Cinderella team's 
and certainly the 2006 George Mason Mason team that made the final four makes my Mount Rushmore. All right, gentlemen, we have one more entrant each. We'll go to Andrew Alex for his final entrant into his Mount Rushmore of March Madness memories. Well, keeping with the theme once again, and you mentioned it before, Scott, I got to go with NC State and the Lorenzo Charles dunk. I, I think that a, it was one of the greatest moments of all time in terms of just excitement and the fact that North Carolina State was an underdog in that tournament that made it all the way. The survive and advance mantra that was pushed on this team by the great Jim Valvano, who would soon lose. I think that that plays into it a little bit as well. But Jimmy V is such an inspiration for the college basketball community, for the world at large. The V Foundation has done such great things over the years for the advancement of cancer research. So. And if you have the time and you have ESPN, go check out the documentary Survive and Advance 30 for 30. It's uh, It's been known to make grown men cry at the end, I'll tell you that. much. So I'm going with Lorenzo Charles and the dunk to win it all. For yeah, and I remember Jim Valvanel searching around. Someone give that man a hug. Come on, he just won a national championship. Hug that man. He was looking for somebody. Great one, Alex. Uh, Andrew, I should say. Uh, Butch, let's go to your fourth entrant into your March Madness memories. Well, you know, kids, it wouldn't be right, right of me not to go off the board here. So I'm going off the board. All right. And I, I'm going to say this has some significance for both these teams going to uh, March Madness. And I, did, I had to mention, i got to mention this game. It was Kentucky against LSU. LSU had this guy, you know, a, a guard that wore floppy shots uh, and socks and stuff. His name was Pete Maravich. Yes. Again. And the team on Kentucky was a guy named Dan Issel. And I'll never, it was TVS was the, was the station that was, you know, back in those days that if you watch basketball, if you got it from TVS, they were more or less the independent station to particularly watch that game. It was on, uh, Channel 62. That's when WGPR just came, uh, straight on the air there. And, that game was more meaningful than anything else because that particular game, Pete Maravich scored 63 points Ooh. and Dan Issel got 48 and Kentucky won. But again, later on in that year, Kentucky ended up winning, okay? The whole, the whole ball of wax there. And LSU did get into the March Madness playoff, which at that particular time, I think was 48 teams right. could only get in there. But that that game had a lot of meaning to me. So that's what I'm putting up on top of the pedestal for me. That's a great game right there. And again, no three-point line in that one. They were earning those points the hard know. way, Butch. Well, there's two that I have. And uh, since my boss here at Sovereign Communications is a huge Butler fan, him and I were actually talking about this game before we went on the air. Go back to 2010. Butler almost shocked the world, making it to the finals as a five seed, playing their their game in Indianapolis against number one seeded Duke. The game was an absolute thriller. Duke ended up winning by the score of 61 to 59. Uh, Butler 
Butler star Gordon Hayward barely missed two go-ahead shots in the last six seconds, including a half-court heave that just missed. That was a great game. Butler, I believe, out of the Horizon League at that time, certainly was uh, very, very close to knocking off Duke, and we've seen Butler do very well. They've had a nice win over Villanova this weekend. Uh, Wish I would have taken those points yesterday, but that goes beside the point. Butler, almost winning in 2010, makes my March Madness, Mount Rushmore. So, gentlemen, a pretty darn good list there. Again, to recap, Butch has Indiana State, Michigan State, 1979 National Championship game, Kentucky, Texas Western, 1966 Championship game, the 89 Michigan National Champions, and the Kentucky LSU game with Dan Izzel and Pistol Pete Maravich. Andrew has the 92 East Regional Final with Duke and Christian Leitner, the 82 Carolina Championship with Michael Jordan, the 16 2016 Villanova National Championship with Chris Jenkins hitting that three-point winning shot, and the 83 NC State Wolfpack with the Lorenzo Charles dunk, my four, the 2000 Michigan State National Champion, 2006 George Mason, the 11 seed making the Final Four, Butler almost winning the National Championship in 2010 and 2018, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Golden Retrievers, the only 16 seed to win. Gentlemen, we don't really have time for another topic real quick who are you looking at as far as college basketball we'll get the brackets in a couple weeks but if you had to pick a couple teams to watch out for we'll go to you first andrew who who, who are a couple teams that you're really looking to make a deep run into this year's tournament well a couple of teams that come to mind come out of the the great plains region of the united states first is iowa iowa's got luca garza a senior who is one of the best players in the country, which at this point in college basketball is a unicorn experience wins in the tournament, gentlemen. And I think Luca Garza has that experience to push Iowa forward coming off a big win against Ohio State yesterday. Otherwise, look for Kansas. I mean, Kansas, a team that struggled to get into the groove early in this COVID-affected season, but they've come on late and just this weekend gave the number two undefeated Baylor Bears their first loss of the season. I'm going to be keeping an especially big eye on that Big 12 tournament. A lot of teams in that conference Who's going to be the hottest going into the big dance? Somewhere Ray Bell locally is smiling at your Kansas pick there, Andrew. You've just made his night. Butch Davis, a couple teams that you're looking for in the this year's March Madness that could make some noise. I'm looking at Michigan with number one. I, I, you know, I it's just the team that they have on the floor right now are clicking with all cylinders, and they don't miss a beat. And it's just not five players. It's about 10 players on that team that's making noise on all of their roster there. And really, I want to see them really going under the fire. They have one under fire with the Big Ten, beating everybody's brains out except Minnesota. And that was a that was a wonder in itself. But again, it made that team a better team. I'm talking about Michigan. The other team would be Gonzaga, okay? You know, they have had a perfect year. And, but yet and still, the big question is, have they really went out there and played someone uh, at a level that, you know, would give them some trouble? And they have not had that as of yet here because a lot of it has to do with covert. 
and uh, not being able to get in tournaments or whatever it may be beforehand. But again, they're winning all their games, and I'd just like to see them go get some, you know, some bona fide talent there and see how they will suit out. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Michigan Butch. I mean, this is a team that I'm not a fan of, but I'm certainly a fan of Juwan Howard, and, and he's got that team clicking on all cylinders. Certainly, they're going to be a one seed and certainly in the mix as far as this year's tournament. The other team I'm really watching, and, and you both know I'm a big Alabama Crimson Tide football fan. I guess I'm a basketball fan this year because what the, they are doing in the SEC, Nate Oates just agreed to a contract extension through 2027, as they should, because he's done a great job with that program. Watch out for Alabama. I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. General, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. This is the portion of the show where we, well, we basically give a thumbs up and a thumbs down. We'll go to Andrew first. Andrew Alex, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Uh, my thumbs up for the week has got to go to my Virginia Tech Hokies. They had a two-week COVID break on the men's basketball floor, partially because of their opponents, and at the end, partially because of themselves. They come out in their first game, and they were a little shaky shooting, but on Saturday, they take on Wake Forest, and they win with the biggest margin of victory since they joined the ACC in 2005. Needed to see that for my Hokies as they head towards the NCAA tournament. Had to get their shooting back on. My thumbs down goes to UVA, which it's thumbs down because of their performance. Thumbs up for me because I don't really like them. <laughs> UVA losers of three and in a row. Not the right time to be uh, slipping up, but UVA lost to a very bad NC State team at home last week. UVA has got to right the ship, but knowing Tony Bennett and that scheme, he might just be the coach to do it. Absolutely. Uh, Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's thumbs down to the Detroit Pistons, uh, you know, and no, their coach. Yeah. Okay, they're just something has to be done, okay? somebody got to say something. I think that team is a better team than what they got on the floor. And when you see the New York Knicks right now uh, winning games over 500 now, it's just something about this particular uh, moment that I don't enjoy. So I'm going to say, and that's my thumbs down. Uh, my thumbs up go to me. Uh, I picked, I said that Pierce would be fired two weeks ago. I did. On my show. And I carried that over, I think, last week here, okay, on the, on, a, on, on the game here. And by golly, he's out in the street now. So that's what I'm going to say. Butch, you took my thumbs down for the Pistons, so I have two thumbs up. Thumbs up to Big Ten basketball. I've watched a lot of Big Ten basketball over the last few weeks, and just every game just seems to have something in it. There's so many good teams. They might get eight teams in, maybe nine, who knows, ten if things work out. Big Ten basketball has been a lot of fun to watch and the best conference in all of basketball. And thumbs up to you two gentlemen. I was scrambling to to get a, a third member of our round table. Uh, Paul couldn't make it. Uh, EJ couldn't make it. So thumbs up to Butch and Andrew for a great round table. And Andrew, we will certainly invite you back again. We'll get your partner, Nathan on at some point. Really appreciate you guys uh, doing this show. I thought it was a great one. So thumbs up to you two guys. You got two thumbs up Butch tonight. My God, this got to be, let me go pay the daily. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you having me on, sir. To all the people out there in the UP, go Lakers, I guess. Absolutely. Go Lakers. 
again, you can hear Andrew Alex on the drive ESPN Blacksburg uh, weekdays, four to six. You can also find Butch Davis on his show, Butch on sports. You can find both those shows on our podcast page, the game Gentlemen, we got to go, but again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Andrew, we'll talk to you in the near future and Butch will talk to you next week, sir. All righty. All right, you, Scott. Have a great night, you guys as well. That's going to do it for our show. Again, you can find the full two-hour version of the game on the podcast site, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We'll upload that around 8.30. For Andrew, Alex, and Butch Davis, my name is Scott Nason. We'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.